Hi there, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Today I've had a special request from Ria on Instagram and Ria has asked me to look at a text called What is Exploration? It's a reading passage three from book 15. Um, it is a really interesting passage, Ria. Thank you so much, because it is slightly different, I think, in style. It's, it's slightly different from the usual uh, IELTS text. It's a passage three, so it's difficult. But as we go through it today, I'm going to pick out aspects of the style, which I believe you can only pick up on or you can only kind of get the answer if you're used to reading that kind of text. And this is where it is so important to spend time reading this kind of text. There's absolutely no tip or trick that anybody can give you to improve your reading if you don't have that in-depth understanding of the writer's purpose, what the writer's trying to do, and that kind of what we call reading between the lines to decide what is opinion and what is fact, what is the writer's opinion and what is somebody else's opinion. That is the only way you're going to be able to distinguish between um, multiple choice questions, which we've got here, for example, um, you know, you've got four very similar questions and the only way you're going to get those right is A, you understand literally the words that you're reading so you know what they mean, but B, you are familiar with this kind of style of writing where the writer is trying to tell you something or argue something exactly as you have to do in task two. So it is a really interesting one and I'm going to go through the first set of multiple choice questions. Then there's um, matching the, the people with the uh, statements. And finally, there's a, a three gap fill summary of the writer's own opinion. Um, just before we start, uh, in the Members Academy this week, I've announced that you now get uh, speaking classes included. It's still the same price, but I'm collaborating with Will McCulloch from englishtrainers.org. So currently it's April. You'll get three uh, speaking classes a week included in your Members Academy uh, membership. And that's, of course, on top with on top of the weekly writing feedback and correction that you get. And at the moment, we're running a boot camp. So we've got daily lessons talking about uh, the perfect tenses. So that's present perfect, past perfect, future perfect and modals. That's uh, a lesson almost every day. And again, you submit your examples and I mark them. And today, Sunday, is when we go through them. So that's that's a very exciting uh, development for me, for the Members Academy. I know it's something my members have been asking for a long for a long time. And, and finally, it's here. So great. Let me know if you've got any questions. Let's get started. So the title is What is Exploration? And it's one person's 
kind of analysis of what it means to be an explorer. So it starts, we are all explorers. Our desire to discover and share newfound knowledge is part of, a, of what makes us human. It has played an important part in our success as a species. So when you look at the first question, look for the capital letters and you can see that it goes in a beautiful, perfect order. The first question says the writer refers to visitors to New York to illustrate the point that. So you find New York, it's clear in the first paragraph, in the last sentence, and you, you work backwards. You think, okay, why does he talk about New York? Well, the whole paragraph is about exploring and the fact that it makes us human. And he says, this questing nature of ours undoubtedly helped our species spread around the globe, just as it nowadays, no doubt, helps the last nomadic Penan maintain their existence in the depleted forests of Borneo and a visitor negotiate the subways of New York. So he's saying that this desire to discover new places has helped our species spread in the same way that it still does today. It helps a visitor work out the subways of New York. Um, so the question was, why does the writer refer to New York to illustrate the point that what, A, exploration is an intrinsic element of being human, B, most people are enthusiastic about exploring. C, exploration can lead to surprising results. Or D, most people find exploration daunting. Now, with this kind of question, we talked earlier about the importance of reading texts like this, but also you get a feel for doing for, for getting the right answer when you do a lot of IELTS tests. So here I can almost immediately discount the ones that are wrong. The ones that are wrong is where they say most people. That's instantly wrong because that's how I correct task two writing. Whenever anybody says most people like this or most people like that, I question it. I say, well, how do you know that? Where's the evidence that most people um, like exploring? There isn't evidence. So I've immediately discounted B and D. Most people are enthusiastic. Well, no, an academic text would not say that. Most people find exploration daunting, frightening. He has no evidence for that. So it's not B and it's not D. Um, C is probably the trick. Exploration can lead to surprising results. But again, surprising is a word that is not mentioned at all. Um, it's quite a subjective word. So it leaves me with A. Exploration is an intrinsic element of being human. And I know that just from the way it's written, that beautifully academic lang language is an intrinsic element of being human, matches immediately that first paragraph 
It's part of what makes us human. This questing nature helps visitors negotiate the subways of New York. I picked that just from more like a kind of a sense of what academic questions are about. So, okay, I've been doing them for 20 years. <laughs> I know it's an unfair advantage, but I just want to show you the kind of language that if you get used to it, you'll be able to spot this for yourself. In the second paragraph, the question says, according to the second paragraph, so immediately you go to the next paragraph, you skip everything else. What is the writer's view of explorers? What is the writer's view? So here is where you need to distinguish the writer's view, his opinion, and, and any facts that are not his view. And the options are these. Their discoveries have brought both benefits and disadvantages. B, their main value is in teaching others. C, they act on an urge that is common to everyone. D, they tend to be more attracted to certain professions than to others. So, You've got to look at all four options and then go back to the text and find in that paragraph what is the writer's view. So he says, um, I'm, try I'm skipping, skimming a bit. He says, okay, we, we think of explorers as a, a strange breed different from people who just travel. And he says, perhaps there is a type of person that is more suited, maybe a type of caveman more inclined to risk venturing out. But, and here's his view, that doesn't take away from the fact that we all have this inquiring instinct, even today in all sorts of professions, artists, biologists, astronomers. So his argument is that we all have this inquiring instinct and that gives us the answer C. They act on an urge that is common to everyone. He doesn't mention benefits, disadvantages. He doesn't say what the main value is. He doesn't say they are more attracted to certain professions, he says, in all sorts of professions. So the answer for 28 is C. 29, the writer refers to a description of Egdon Heath. I've never heard of Egdon Heath, doesn't matter. Find the capital letter and it's in the paragraph three. Thomas Hardy set some of his novels in Egdon Heath and used the landscape to suggest the desires and fears of his characters. So this writer, Hardy, he used this landscape, Egdon Heath, to suggest things about his characters. Um, so that's your answer. Now, what, what are the options? A, Hardy was writing about his own experience. No mention of that. B. Hardy was mistaken 
about the nature of exploration. No mention of mistakes. C. Hardy's aim was to investigate people's emotional states. Isn't that what we've just said? He used the landscape to suggest the desires and fears of his characters. Those are emotional states. This is surely an act of exploration into a world as remote as the author chooses. So he's saying that Hardy's exploration was looking at people's emotional states. And that is the answer. Discount D. Hardy's aim was to show the attraction of isolation. No, no mention of that with Hardy. But again, we've got the writer's voice coming through. He says, this is surely an act of exploration. And we'll see this later where he kind of uses language or we saw it in paragraph one. He says, the question nature of ours undoubtedly helped our species. It no doubt helps the last nomadic tribe maintain their existence. These little adverbs telling us what he thinks. This is his view. So again, this question is important in 30. It says, in the fourth paragraph, the writer refers to a golden age to suggest. So you find golden age. Yeah, that's in paragraph four. And he says, um, the word explorer has become associated with a past era. We think back to a golden age as if exploration peaked somehow in the 19th century, as if the process of discovery is now on the decline. So he's using this word as if, you know, to kind of criticize the way we think about the word explorer, as we talk about it as if it's dead, as if this happened once in the 19th century and now is on the decline. So that language as if, and then he says, though, the truth is we have named only, and he repeats only four times. He says, we've named only one and a half million of the planet species, and there may be more than 10 million. That's not including bacteria. We have studied only 5% of the species we know. We have scarcely mapped the ocean floors. We know even less about ourselves. We understand the workings of only 10% of our brains. So this is the style that he uses to say how ridiculous it is that we think that exploration is something to do with the past when we still have so much to explore. So in the fourth paragraph, he refers to the golden age to suggest what? A the amount of useful information produced by exploration has decreased. Well, that's the trick, I would say, but let's go on. B, fewer people are interested in exploring than in the 19th century. Again, a trick. It seems to suggest that, but he doesn't say that. C, recent developments have made exploration less exciting. Again, it's kind of there, but he does not say that. D, 
D. We are wrong to think that exploration is no longer necessary. And, and this is the answer, D, that we are wrong to think. Now, nowhere does he say that we are wrong. This is where the reading between the lines comes in. But the criticism of that way of thinking comes in the words as if. We think back to a golden age as if it peaked, as if discovery is on the decline, though the truth is blah, blah, blah. So that is the answer, that we are wrong to think that exploration is no longer necessary. He says, of course it's necessary because we've only done this and we've only done that. And notice, by the way, the present perfect there. I'm, I'm looking at it all the time because this week in the boot camp is all about present perfect. Um, he says, we have scarcely mapped the ocean floors. We, we haven't finished yet. That present perfect telling us that it's not over. Now, they clearly skip the fifth paragraph. So this rings alarm bells. You know that that fifth paragraph will be analysed in more detail later. It goes into the sixth paragraph and it says, when discussing the definition of exploration, the writer argues. Again, what does the writer argue? It will not be there in black and white. You have to recognise the writer's opinion. So, in only paragraph six, he says each definition is slightly different and tends to reflect the field of endeavour of each pioneer. The answer is there. It's in the topic sentence. And the rest of that paragraph is the examples. It's a peel paragraph. It's what I teach in the task two. It goes on to give examples. The historian says its exploration was a thing of the past. A scientist would say it's of the present. Um, the common factor in their approach is that they all had a very definite objective and a desire to record their findings, unlike many of us who just enjoy traveling. So he, he, he defines the explorer as kind of connected, tends to reflect the field of endeavor, the, the profession. And this is the answer A. People tend to relate exploration to their own professional interests. So the rest are just wrong. B, certain people misunderstand the nature of exploration. Nope. Accept that the accepted different definition has changed over time. Nope. Historians and scientists have more valid definitions. Nope. There's no comparison. There's no change. There's no misunderstanding. It's simply in that first line. It just reflects the professional interest of each pioneer or explorer. By the way, that whole set of language related to exploration, I've talked about many times how important that is, that whole thing about uh, the Easter Island, um, the text, all, all of those pioneers, adventurers, such an important field. 
32, in the last paragraph, the writer explains that he is interested in... So, last paragraph, what is he interested in? Um, he first says, I, I'd, I'd best declare my own bias. That's interesting because... I'd best is means I had better, which means I should. We did that in the conditional boot camp in the last week. I'd, I'd best declare my own bias. So his bias is I'm interested in the exploration of ideas. Present perfect comes up again. I've done a great many exp expeditions. I've lived for months alone with uncontacted tribes. I've found, oh, but none of these things is of the slightest interest to anyone unless through my books I've found a new slant or explored a new idea. This is what's important to him. Nothing else is important. None of those are experiences are important unless, again, conditionals, I found a new slant or explored a new idea. So if we look at the options, um, the writer explains he is interested in how someone's personality is reflected in their choice of places to visit. Um, no. No, I'm just reading further on. I'm just skipping a bit. He says in the last line, However, this is to disregard the role the human mind has in conveying remote places. This is what interests me. Okay, here's the key sentence. How a fresh interpretation, even of a well-travelled route, can give its readers new insights. And the answer is B, the human ability to cast new light on places that may be familiar. That's what, what, that's what interests him, even if it's a well-travelled route. That's a place that may be familiar. Fresh interpretation is to cast new light and give its readers new insights. So no doubt about the answer there for 32. So remember, we skipped a whole paragraph. That's paragraph five. And when you quickly look at it, you can see there are four names in that paragraph and they are famous explorers. So this set of questions refers to these four people. There's Ran Fiennes, Ranulf Fiennes, Fiennes um, Chris Bonington, Robin Hanbury Tennyson and Wilfred Thesiger. But there's one more in the list. There's Peter Fleming. Now, this is a nasty trick, but you do have to go back to paragraph three to find Peter Fleming. So my advice is to do that. The first person on the list is Peter Fleming. So you jump back to paragraph three. What does it say about him? Simply this. Peter Fleming talks of the moment when the explorer returns to the existence he has left behind with his loved ones. The traveller who has for weeks or months seen himself, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so you go to the, the options. What does it say about Peter Fleming? 
and it says he described feelings on coming back home after a long journey. So that's it. That's him. That's A is 34. Next one on the list is Ran, Sir Ranulf, Ranulf Fiennes. I can never pronounce it. It's very famous. Ran Fiennes. Um, what does it say about him? So it says, um, Ran Fiennes, dubbed the greatest living explorer, said an explorer is someone who has done something that no human has done before and also done something scientifically useful. So that's his thing. Something you've never done before and something that is useful. So it's pretty easy. It gives us 37. He defined exploration as being both unique and of value to others. Unique, no one did it before. Value means it's useful. The next one in the list is Chris Bonington. Now, Chris Bonington, uh, what does he say? A mountaineer felt exploration was to be found in the act of physically touching the unknown, physically touching it. But in the list of statements, that is not mentioned. So you can cross out Chris Bonington. The next one is Robin Hanbury Tennyson. So you look, what does it say about him? It says he was a campaigner on behalf of remote tribal people. That's what he did. So look at the statements. He worked for the benefit of specific groups of people. That's it. He worked for the benefit, meaning he campaigned specific groups, these tribal peoples. Notice the S on peoples there because it means different groups of people. It's peoples. Normally, there's no S on peoples. Finally, we've got Wilfred Thesiger. So there are two statements left and they must be him or his. So he crossed Arabia's empty quarter in 1946 and he says, if I had gone by camel, when I could have gone by car, it would have been a stunt. That's really interesting grammar because that's third conditional, which we did last month. And it's uh, perfect modals, which we're doing this month. So if you had done my conditional course and my perfect course, then this sentence would be so easy for you. If I'd gone by camel, I, when I could have gone by car, it would have been a stunt. So he's talking about the methods of transport. And that is question 33. He referred to the relevance of the form of transport used. And then he says to him, exploration, exploration meant bringing back information regardless of any great self-discovery. So he did not consider learning about oneself as an essential part of exploration. So that's uh, E is 36. Now, the last uh, gap fill gives us the title. It says the writer's own bias. And that comes in the last paragraph. We've already seen it where he announces, I, I had best declare my own bias. 
bias is an important word in IELTS. It means that you've got a, a personal viewpoint or the way I teach it to my students is I say, which country do you think is, is the best in the world? And most students just say, well, my country is. And then I say, well, you're biased because it's your country. You're not looking at it objectively. So that's what he means by he's, he's biased. Um, because he's interested in the exploration of ideas and he talks about these expeditions he has done. And this is the, what we need in the gap fill. It says, the writer has experience of a large number of, and basically he says, a great many expeditions. So that is the answer. It's plural. You are allowed two words. So you could say unique expeditions, but you don't need to. Um, also says he was the first stranger that certain previously something people had encountered. So he was the first stranger that some kind of people had encountered. So you look, what did he meet? He met isolated groups of people and two uncontacted tribes. So you could actually put either isolated people or uncontacted, either or, both okay. Last gap, he believes there is no need for further exploration of Earth's something. There's no need for further exploration of Earth's something. So, what does he say? He says... Um, we know how the land surface of our planet lies. And then he goes on to say, exploration of it is now down to the details. So what do we already know? We know about the land surface of our planet. And this is the Earth's surface. Surface is the answer. You could also put land surface but you don't need to. So that is it. Thank you very much, Ria, for bringing this one to my attention. I hadn't had a chance to look at it closely before, and now I'm, I'm really glad I did. Do let me know if you've got any requests or if there are any that I haven't covered already. Unfortunately, I can't publish them on my website due to copyright reasons. Um, but they, it, it's a Cambridge test and I'm sure you can get your, your own book where you'll find it. It's, it's in book 15. So thanks very much, guys, for listening. Uh, do let me know if you've got any requests or any questions. And um, I'm easy to find on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all IELTSETC or through my website, IELTSETC.com. There's a contact page where you can leave me a message. Thanks very much, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.